Hello, everyone. I'm Lindsay Coughlin. When I'm not hustling around the halls of a level one trauma center emergency department as a PA, I am hosting the Motherhood Meets Medicine podcast. This show brings all women together. It's for those who hope to be a mom one day, those who are already mothers, and mothers of mothers. Motherhood Meets Medicine will give you candid, informal interviews from medical experts on motherhood topics that you can listen to while you're driving to work, folding laundry, or whatever else your busy day may bring. Listen to Motherhood Meets Medicine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. A lot of times we're thinking of, I need to do this. I need to add this. I need to do this. And maybe it's more so taking a look and be like, what can I eliminate? What can I say no to? And freeing up that space, not just on your calendar, but in your mind as well. Welcome to Habits You Love, a thought-provoking podcast about self-love, self-healing, and spiritual evolution. I'm Kayla Fazio, and with each episode, it is my mission to expand your mind to what you think is possible for you and provoke thoughts of looking at your own healing you may need and help you discover the power you have within you to build healthy habits and create a life you love. Now, let's get to the episode. So I have Emily Nichols on with me today, and I love talking about habits. I think it's so fascinating. Obviously, my brand is called Habits You Love based around that entire case. But it's really interesting to me to get different people's perspectives on habits and how to build them, how long it takes you to build a habit. So Emily, what is your opinion on how long it takes to create a habit? I feel like there's so many um, days out there. Like, is it 21 days? Is it 33? Is it 66? Like, Is that a question you get often when starting to work with clients? And are they like, how long is this going to take me? And then also, what are the statistics that you seem to notice with this with your own clients? Do they maintain their habits pretty well? Or are they coming back for help? Yeah, that's a great question, because there is a lot of different statistics out there. You know, they do say it takes 21 days to form a habit, but it could take up to 90 days for it to feel like a lifestyle, right? For it to not feel hard anymore, because a habit is an unconscious behavior, right? You don't have to think about it. But when you're starting a new habit, it takes brain power. You have to think about it. It's a little bit harder. You're opening up another tab in your head. And I don't know about you, but I have a lot of tabs open (laughs) in my head throughout the day. So I would say about up to 90 days, could take for it to actually feel like a lifestyle. And that could vary for the woman depending on what season of life you are in right? If it's a season where it's kind of like a chill time, there's nothing like launching anytime soon. It's summertime. Maybe you have a little bit more flexibility in your schedule. Maybe that will come a little bit quicker to you. Or if you're starting a new habit and it's a really crazy time of year for work for you, like, man, this is going to take me a little bit longer. And that is totally okay. So I think a lot of times we have to give ourselves a little patience and grace. We, every quarter within my program, when we kind of take a look and say, okay, what are we going into for this next quarter in our lives at work, what is best going to serve me at this time, reevaluate what's working and what's not and take it from there. 
Yeah, I love that. I think I've kind of always answered this question with it takes forever to not even yeah. not create one, but maintain a habit. I mean, just because you take 21 days does not mean it's permanently ingrained in your brain and you don't have to, again, like you said, put attention and energy and focus into it. Even just two days ago, we have a family member in town with us and we were like, hey, like he's really into working out. And we were like, come get a workout in with us while you're in town. And he was like, oh man, like I kind of just fell out of the habit for the last two months. And I'm like, what do you mean? You've been working out as long as I've known you. He's older. Um, he's very dedicated to his fitness. But the last two months, he said he's gotten out of the habit. So it's definitely not just something that's always going to be permanently ingrained in your brain. Um, and I think it's something we have to consciously, again, like you said, work on to create it. It does get easier. Obviously, for me, I don't know about you. It's it's not a thought in my mind where I have to convince myself to go get a workout in. Like that's not something I have to consciously force myself to do. Other areas of my life where I am trying to build better habits, for instance, I'm trying to be better at saving money. (laughs) And that is a very hard habit to create. I have to consciously think about it. It's always like in the forefront of my mind, like, okay, I'm going to receive this money and I'm going to immediately put it in in my savings account. But it's actually starting to become fun. I never knew I could actually like or enjoy saving money because I like to spend money. But I'm like, I like look forward to like when I get something paid, whether it be an invoice or my income or whatever. I'm like, Oh, I can't wait to put it in my savings. Like, I don't know. So and that took, I would say less than two months. It took like a month to kind of get it to where my brain was happy about it. So I agree. I think 20, 30 days is really all it takes to create a habit. And then the maintenance on sustaining that habit definitely decreases. I love the messaging behind your brand. Even your tagline really stuck out to me. Helping women hack their habits guilt free. And I know that in our initial conversation, I asked you like, why the guilt free little input there at the end. So you know, we as women, we just tend to have a harder time reshifting our focus back to us when we are actually in the greatest need of it of love and attention towards our habits and towards our own routines and our own patterns. So what is the most common feeling. Maybe it's guilt, like you say in your tagline, but what's the most common feeling you see women coming to you with when they want to so desperately change their behaviors? Yeah, I mean, definitely, Kayla, the first thing is always guilt. It's we are such nurturing beings, regardless if you have kids, a spouse, if you live by yourself, even if you're like, well, I'm going to go do this for myself. Oh, but I feel so guilty because I really need to catch up on laundry and my dishes have piled up, but I just haven't taken good care of my house. Something as simple as that. I'm sure we have all felt that way before. Like, well, should I really go do this for myself? But I have this other thing hanging over my head that I need to get done again, all the tabs open in our head as women, there's oftentimes an invisible load we carry. And that's why women have to really do habits differently. But definitely guilt is the first one we see a lot of times when we struggle with doing habits, a lot of it is time or 
lack of it, for for example, we're so busy doing all these different things for work, for family, for friends, we're pulled in so many different directions, and we just feel like we don't have any time. And that can really be a struggle, because really what that is, is a mindset shift, we're thinking, I don't have time, or maybe you just don't have the energy for that. But when we're reality, when we do habits, especially healthy habits to take care of ourselves, it actually gives you that energy back, it almost gives you that time back, right? So I think a lot of it is reframing that, especially with the guilt. You know, I always say, you know, I used to feel a ton of guilt for going and, you know, just doing a workout on my own or just being like, I need to go for a walk by myself. And over time, I started, you know, asking my husband, I even asked my kids like, hey, does that make you mad or sad when I go do this? And they're like, uh, no, like, <laughs> go for a walk, please. You come back so much more happier and patient. And, you know, I think sometimes it's, you know, again, just checking in with yourself and evaluating, like, why am I feeling that? way. And is that really true? In most cases, it's not. It's a story we're telling ourselves. And the more you ask yourself that creative mindset shift habit to ask yourself, is that true? More likely you'll overcome that guilt. But it's an ever evolving process as your lives change, your dynamics of your relationships change, and just constantly going back into that, that will definitely help you along your healthy habit journey. And that's what it is. It's a journey. There's no finish line, right? Totally. I love two things that you referenced there. One, it's kind of ironic that we're having this interview because I am reading. I haven't even gotten to chapter three, I don't think, but I'm already like, wow, there's so many amazing points and facts. And it is called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. So it's very interesting. Mm. And um, it talks a lot about time. And a couple of really fascinating facts is before Thomas Edison, the average time that humans spent sleeping a night was 11 hours. Like that was the average. That was like, oh, I got to get my 11 hours of sleep. You know, now it's eight hours. Actually, the average now is actually seven. Um, And then it talked about back in the day, you know, if you wanted to be warm, you had to walk to the woods chop down a tree with your bare hands with an axe, bring the tree back to your house, chop it up again, and then make a fire. And now all we have to do is go to the wall and turn on a button or turn it up, you know, and people complain about time. I don't think we're ever going to be completely satisfied with the amount of time that we have or lack thereof. But it's about how you spend your time and what you are choosing to spend your time on. And we are the only ones that are in control of that. Um, And then also, I love the thing you said about it's the story that we tell ourselves. That is two things that I had to ingrain in my clients as well is the first is I would always say by you working on yourself, it's only going to help your family and your kids and everything else like you think it's doing the opposite and taking away from them, but it's actually going to be giving back to them. And then the story that you tell yourself is that was another thing we had to get down to the root of why do you feel like you are not worthy of attaining this goal or feeling that you're trying to attain? It could be physical. It could be like, I had a client one time who she never outshined her sister. So subconsciously, she 
was never as fit as her sister because she subconsciously didn't want to surpass her sister in any way. Um, So we kind of got down to the root of that. She was like, I have just never been better than my sister. And so I'm always like one step behind her. So the story she told herself was like, I will never beat my sister, so to speak. So the story you tell and then that book is really good. I want to throw that out there about time and I'm still reading it, but it's honestly like fascinating so far just and I've I've been doing that in my own life currently of like I'm really trying to slow down and not commit to so many things because I will fill my calendar every day with just mindless errands that are really not important that I that I make a top priority. So sorry, that was a long explanation there. But yeah. So I mean, speaking of that, about, you know, adding to your schedule and your time and your resume, your own bio is pretty extensive and long. I mean, you are a wife, you have a son, you just have one kid, right? Or two? Two boys. 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 You're a certified personal trainer. You're an orange theory coach. You're a coach online and also a taco Tuesday enthusiast. I mean, who is it? <laughs> but how do you find the time to not only manage your life and your self care and your family, but also helping women do the same? My biggest thing would be boundaries, not only setting boundaries with other people, but setting boundaries with myself as well, which is actually a lot harder <laughs> to set boundaries with myself, I feel like sometimes. So, you know, I have set working hours that I have during the day. And sometimes, you know, maybe I'll need to take a meeting later or I need to do something on the weekend. And I'll either say yes or no, because my family comes first. But maybe sometimes I need to, you know, have them take not necessarily a backseat, but kind of weigh out like, okay, is this is this going to be a priority today or not? And if they're like, yeah, that's fine. Go do that. We go do that. But setting boundaries with myself as well. You know, there's a lot of things that are coming my way throughout the day. And I have to really prioritize getting the tasks done that I need to during the day in order to, you know, by 5 p.m., I'm ready to show up for my kids after they've gotten home. Obviously, my kids are a little older. They're almost 15 and 11. So they're very self-sufficient. They don't need mom quite as much. So sad, but it's also the beauty of them growing up at the same time. So, you know, it's setting boundaries where I'm done with work at this time. I'm showing up for my family. We're having dinner together. I'm running them all the places they need to be. And, you know, as far as like my own self-care, that's just been an evolution. You know, my own transformation began in 2015 because I was coming from a place of climbing the corporate ladder. You know, I have to, you know, do all the best things I can possible for my kids, like elaborate birthday parties. And, you know, oh, they need a volunteer at the school. I am there. I am going to be the best like room parent ever. Spoiler, I was terrible because that's not my Arizona genius. Um, And just over time realizing, wow, I'm not prioritizing my health. I'm not taking care of myself through my own healthy habits. What can I do to take care of myself? And how can I do that in the most maximized time possible? And that's kind of where I started my own wellness journey and digging deeper into habit strategy. Because what I realized over time was I just can't willy nilly, you know, be like, oh, I'm just going to go like, workout. Like I had to have a schedule. I had to, you know, have habit triggers and cues set up in order to do that. And that's just been an evolution over time. And that's now how I help other ladies too. But I set very strict boundaries with when I do podcast interviews, when I do client calls, Fridays, I kind of call self-care Friday. I go and I do hot yoga to start the day and I finish up any little tasks through the day and I'm hopefully done by early afternoon. And that's been an evolution over time, but it really just started with 
saying no or saying no right now to opportunities or things because of my family being a priority or saying yes to things when it was like a heck yes, this feels aligned. This feels really great. But it's been an evolution over time for sure. And it will keep evolving as my life changes too. But boundaries is the biggest thing ever. And just setting boundaries with myself too, not getting distracted by scrolling my phone, you know, I have notifications and triggers on my calendar to make sure I'm doing certain mindset work throughout the day, just small little things, or I have a limit on social media that pops up during the day. And when it comes up, I'm like, all right, girl, you got you got to get off, you got to get off and make sure you're prioritizing your time. So it's definitely like I said, an evolution, and it takes time to really be okay with the change that happens over time. I, I feel like it's it's really hard to change and it's such a challenge over time, but it's such a beautiful evolution. That's why the whole brand is called self-transform is because we're always evolving and transforming and our habits can help us do that for sure. Totally. I love changing. I think most people are scared of it. They don't want to, they don't want to oh, face yeah. that challenge. I don't know why. It's like they don't want to change unless it's forced upon them where I'm openly trying to always be like, how can I grow? How can I evolve? How can I get uncomfortable right now? Because as we all know, being uncomfortable is really the only way to grow. So I just know so many people that are like, despise change. And I'm like, it's inevitable. You're definitely going to have to change. So one of the questions that I was going to ask, and I think you might have just answered it with boundaries, but I was going to ask, you know, what is the most important self-care tool that you have in your tool bag where if you could only have one tool and it was self-care tool, what would it be? Would it be your boundaries? What's, what does that look like for you? I mean, definitely boundaries. You know, I have to be able to do that to prioritize my family and the business and everything. But for me, movement is such a high form of self-care for me. Kind of like what you mentioned, it's 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 an unconscious behavior I do now, no matter what. And just being a habit and fitness coach and starting my own journey back in 2015, that wasn't a behavior where it was just natural. I'll do something, whether it's just like a walk or I'm going to do a workout, I'm going to do yoga. I like to do movement sometime every part of the day because it's not just physical. The physical is like one of the third best benefits for me. It's more so emotional. It's more so mental. Sometimes it's spiritual in that way too. And so that is just a learned behavior, a habit I've created over time. Now my routines have changed as far as like what I do or when I do it. And that's okay. But for me, that is just the highest form of self-care for me because it just sets me up in so many other areas of my life. Like I said, the physical is like, it's like icing on the cake, if you will. It's all of the other benefits of it, but it didn't used to be that way. It didn't start until I really started, you know, creating the habit. And over time, I just, I craved it and I built confidence in myself and it's just an unconscious behavior now, but definitely movement is my number one self-care tool in my tool belt. Oh yeah. That's a great one. So if you haven't figured it out by now, your health goes way deeper than a workout class and a salad every now and then. It's all connected by your emotional, mental, and physical, which can also include your sleep, stress management, and mindfulness. If you want to get to the next level of wellness, CBD can help. But your average CBD oil just won't cut it, which is why I recommend Next Evo Naturals. It's made with smart sorb technology, clinically proven to help your body absorb CBD four times better than regular CBD oil. 
it works faster too. When you need to de-stress, sleep better, or recover from a hard workout, you'll want to use Nexevo Naturals capsules, gummies, mints, or topical creams. I personally love the feeling of calmness and relaxation it gives me to manage my busy days, provide recovery for my post-workout, and get quality sleep. Next Evo is CBD at its full potential, so you can be too. Their all-natural products are backed by more scientific studies than any other CBD brand, developed by experienced consumer healthcare and pharmaceutical professionals. And don't worry, their products are vegan, GMO-free, gluten-free, THC-free capsules, and gummies derived from 100% U.S.-grown hemp. Make CBD a part of reaching your full potential. Try Next Evo Naturals and get 20% off your first order of $40 or more at nextevo.com slash podcast and use promo code Kayla. That's 20% off at nextevo.com slash podcast promo code Kayla. I mean, for physical, I always say you can control 90% of your physical self, no matter where you are, where you live. Obviously, you can't always control your environment or your family or your job or whatever it may be, but you are in control of your physical. And I think that's why it has such a profound, it's like a profound confidence builder because when you are attaining something on your own and you're kind of getting that pride and you're building that confidence and you are doing something for you. You're putting in energy and you're, you are the one receiving it as opposed to putting an energy into work and no one notices or putting any energy into your family and no one notices. It's like you're putting it in and you notice and that just adds and builds up that wall of pride of confidence and everything else and everything else follows. Working on your physical will definitely help with your mental, your emotional, spiritual, financial. Um, It just amplifies your creativity and your prosperity. And just start with that. Don't try to work on the 10%. Work on the the thing that you can control 90% of and work on that first and everything else will fall into place from that. And so moving on, I think, you know, there's so much pressure as women to do and be so many things. And now we've kind of increased this bar where we have to be at the same level as men almost. You know, some people put that out there. We deserve equal rights. And of course we do, but we just have so much pressure on ourselves as women. So, you know, you say women have to change their habits differently. What does that mean? How do we have to change our habits differently? And what does that look like? Yeah, well, there's so many reactive things coming at us, right? We can be as proactive as possible. Like I have my schedule all lined up. I have my habit triggers laid out. And oh, you know, if you have kids, you get a call from school and your kid's sick and you have to go pick them up. And that schedule is, it's gone. It's gone. Your whole day has messed up. And so it might take you a little bit longer to create a healthy habit, to create a routine that's working for you. And a lot of times we get into that place where we're shoulding ourselves. I should be able to do this. I should be able to do that. Well, there's a lot of reactive things happening, not just outside, but also inside. Like, you know, I'm thinking, oh yeah, did I pay that bill? And oh yeah, I have to, you know, schedule that doctor's appointment. And did I, did I send that email I was supposed to? That's always running through our heads. And those are reactive things that kind of take us away from what we're doing. So those habits may take a little bit longer to establish, you know, and I really focus on just your basic fundamental needs. 
I just focus on three, like movement, mindset, and food freedom, and just focusing on one of those at a time. But for women, we have such a lens of just diet culture BS, if you will, coming at us. It's really confusing as far as what we're supposed to be doing. We think we have to do it all at once too. So that's another shooting of ourselves. So we have all these reactive things happening. We have diet culture BS happening as well. And then lastly, we just have to really put our blinders on and stop comparing ourselves. Social media has really given us, it's a great way to connect with people, but I don't think we're using that as a connection tool. We're using it as a comparison, right? We're thinking, oh, look what she posted. Look what they're doing. Oh my gosh, they're doing just amazing. And you're just over here, just barely surviving, (laughs) just barely surviving. And what they're what they're showing maybe it's just their highlight reel or maybe it's they're just having a really great day. And so we have to put our blinders on and just think of what is going to best serve me right now and take tiny little steps over time. Focus on what do you need in this season of life you are in and just let it flow. We want to get to that that time where, you know what I mean, Kayla, where it's like flowing, like your habits are flowing, you're feeling just in that zone and then boom, something happens and you're out of that flow. A lot of times we look at our past failures and we're like, or past versions of ourselves, right? We're like, why could I do that five years ago, but now I can't do it? Well, you were a different person in a different season of life five years ago. So sometimes we need to get out of our own ways, put our blinders on, keep it simple, and just watch what happens with your transformation over time. I know that's not the easy answer, but that's the sustainable answer. Definitely easier said than done. Uh, (laughs) Going back to your reference about social media, I am so guilty of that. I could wake up and have the most amazing message from someone saying how much of an inspiration I am and whatever, you know, whatever they want to say. And but then I'll go and see another girl's post traveling somewhere and I'm like, oh, But, you know, she's doing that. So I discredit myself a lot for what I do. And I need to be better about putting the blinders on because I know I'll say, you know, I get on social media because I need like inspiration and I need creative ideas. And then it's a a very fine line between connection and and comparison. So I know I'm very guilty of that. I will say that in the flow, the flow that you mentioned, 100%, I, I know what that feels like. I know when everything's flowing. And what's funny is in my life, when everything was flowing was when I was training for a fitness competition. That's like the Mm. last time that I can remember everything's clicking. My time management was on point. My structure was on point. I looked the best. I felt the best getting so many amazing opportunities. And that's going back to working on my physical self first, because that was a physical goal I was trying to attain and everything else came after that. And that's when I was really in my flow. So I definitely reference back to myself in 2014. You know, nine years ago, that's when I was in the flow. But I've recently, after some healing work and stuff, I've definitely been trying to get back into that flow in in other ways. And I can tell Mm -hmm. when I'm in the flow. It's kind of like your mind seems to be emptier. Things just happen for you and opportunity just comes to you and you're in a better mood, you're just more positive. And I don't you just have this glow about you. Like I've had multiple people say like, you know, when people say you're glowing, but really, there is a little bit of truth to that. I can definitely tell looking back in my life at pictures or whatever. I'm like, God, I was just like, 
that was not a glow up season for me (laughs) during that time. So I definitely understand about the flow. Would you say that getting into that flow and building habits and all that, that's more of subtracting rather than adding? You would agree, right? Totally. Totally. Yeah. A lot of times we're thinking of, I need to do this. I need to add this. I need to do this. And maybe it's more so taking a look and be like, what can I eliminate? What can I say no to? And freeing up that space, not just on your calendar, but in your mind as well. And like you said, that's when it all just starts clicking and coming together for sure. Yeah. What is the first thing women should focus on when they do want to get more in their driver's seat of their lives and not so much the passenger or even the back seat when they feel like they're not even in control of the steering wheel. What's the first thing that they should focus on? You know, I think a lot of times we come from a place where I think I just read a statistic today that said 85% of the world population um, has some type of low self-esteem or poor self-esteem. And majority of that I can imagine is women. And I think a lot of times we need to kind of step back and when we're trying to get in the driver's seat, thinking of what makes us feel like ourselves, what gives us that glow What gives us that feeling like I feel the best? I feel like me, you know, is it, you know, cranking up music in your kitchen and dancing around while you're cooking dinner? Is it, you know, when it starts to get warm outside, I'm here in the Midwest, when it starts to get warm outside and you roll down the windows and you have that fresh air, you know, or is it, you know, watching your kids play? Is it, you know, playing with your dog? You know, there's so many different things that help you feel like you do more of that, do more of that because we're so busy doing everything else for everyone, (laughs) right? We're doing everything for everyone else. So think of what makes you feel like you would do that. And it could seriously take five minutes and it's going to give you that feeling of like, okay, this was for me. This is showing myself a form of self-love and the more confidence you build, it's going to build what I like to call a positivity snowball. It just keeps getting bigger. You're rolling it more and more. You're like, what what else can I do? How How else do I feel more like me? And pretty soon you have a big old snowman because you have just rolled and rolled and rolled and rolled and you've built so much confidence in yourself. But really just focusing on what makes you, you and do more at that. Don't worry about what everyone else is doing. Don't think it has to be some grandiose thing. It can be something so, so small. And that's putting yourself in the driver's seat over and over again. Um, Yeah, just like you said, it's going to be authentic to you. Probably no one else in the world is going to have exactly the things that make you, you. So it's really impossible to look at other people and be like, I want that. I want that. I want that. And you're kind of gathering these, uh, whether it be personality traits or fashion or whatever it may be. And just kind of like you're gathering these other things from other people and putting it into your basket and hoping that you'll turn out the same when really you have your own basket full of stuff that's uniquely authentic to you. And the world needs everyone to be their own unique self, as opposed to creating over and over and over 
the same version of someone else. So just remember that you are unique and authentic and you have something to give the world that not another single person does. It's like fingerprints. No one has the same fingerprint. So try to go out there and put your fingerprints on the world as best as you can. Um, And that's so funny you say that because last night, it's Valentine's Day currently today, but my boyfriend and I exchanged gifts and he gave me a big thing of bubbles, like not a bubble bath, like bubbles that you blow in the air. And I was like what the heck? I was very confused. But I think two weekends ago, we were at somewhere and this these people had a bubble machine. And I just remember being like, oh my God, like, and I kind of just lit up. And I think maybe he noticed that. And he was like, yeah, I remember like a couple oh, weeks wow. ago when you were just like so excited about those bubbles. And I was like, you, you kind of feel childlike, but that's actually a good thing. Anything that can make you feel childlike. Because if you think of a child, gosh, anything and everything, well, not everything, but makes them happy to see, you know. So just getting back to like your childlike self, I think is really important. There's like about five things that I would love to start doing that I know would like fuel me that have nothing to do with anything else in my life. Like I would love to join a hip hop class. Like I think just dancing really, it actually gives me a very present feeling, um, like singing and dancing. When you're singing and dancing, you're not focusing on anything else other than that in the moment. So I think just doing things that actually ground you, center you, get you in the present moment and are authentic to you. That's so I love that answer. I love that just making sure you put your blinders on, focus on who you are, what you want, and getting back to that childlike sense and maybe playing with some bubbles. So that when, so cute. Yeah, I when he that. gave me that, I was like, what? I was so confused, okay. but I'm definitely going to use those bubbles. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So I'd love to ask all of my guest um, at the very end. And I stole this from Oprah, so I can't claim ownership of it. Of it, But I want to ask, what do you know for sure? So this means if you had a megaphone to the world and the whole world needed to know one thing and they would all be listening and paying attention to you, what do they need to know? That self-care isn't selfish. It's such a cliche statement, but it's so true. I think that statement is kind of polarizing for some folks. So if some folks are kind of like, eh, if they're listening to it, good, because maybe you need to dig in a little deeper into what, again, lets you feel like you and what self-care looks like to you. Is it movement? Is it, you know, saying no? Is it making sure you're fueling yourself with your own type of food freedom, which for me looks like a lot of colorful foods, but also tacos and margaritas, right? So, you know, self-care is so personal. It's not just bubble baths and manicures. It's something so personal to you. And it's actually really hard to do, but it is not selfish. It is necessary. Ah, I love that. One thing I want to add to that is one way that you can actually get down to the root feeling that you have when you do feel guilty is when you're about to do something or if you're about to either say yes to something or no to something and you get a sense in your body of like, I feel guilty for doing that or not doing that. That's when you have a trigger. And that's when you need to stop and be like, okay, what am I doing right now that is triggering me? Even write it down. You know, you have to understand your triggers because this is where deep rooted trauma can live, whether it's big trauma or little trauma. But say that you 
something with your kids happens or maybe your kid asks you to take them somewhere and you already had plans that you know it's going to be super soothing to your soul and it's going to be some self-care and they come to you and they want you to do something for them and you get a sense of guilt if you say no. Okay, so we have to start to recognize like where you pick that up, where does it come from and work backward and try to realize that your triggers are actually your teachers. And that is the point of your life, an area of your life that you need to start healing and working on the most. So that's, I think that's a good place to start as well. It's like, I mean, I know a lot, a lot of us are like really in the moment and we're just like, ah, yeah, sure, whatever. But like really take the time and your body will tell you like what's happening in your mind. So um, recognizing your triggers, writing it down, asking myself, where did I pick this up? I know personally for me, I saw my mom be super busy. She was the queen of being busy. And so that translated to me, oh, you're only worthy if you are productive or you're busy or any spare moment you have, you better be cleaning, you better be doing the laundry, you better be planning a kid event, whatever. That's what I saw my mom do. I never saw her take care of herself first. She would go to work out, but not really. I don't know if anyone's familiar with tan and tone. Are you familiar with tan and tone? No. Okay. So anyway, she would go work out in jeans and a sweatshirt because what tan and tone was, Uh, is like, is these machines that they move you for you. So she wasn't actually working out. It was like, they would move her body for her. So anyway, I was always like, mom, you're not really working out. You're literally wearing jeans to go to this place. Anyway, that's about the only form of self-care I would see her do. And anything that she wanted to do that, you know, she wanted, but like financially, the kids needed something more, she would put herself last. So I picked that up. And that's why I'm so like, go getting and I, you know, I want to be busy is because like, oh, busy equals worthy. And that's not the case. Mm -hmm. So you're worthy, just the way you are, no matter what you do. I think actually, I've learned that, you know, being worthy is actually saying no and setting those boundaries. And when you have that glow about you, because you subtracted so much out of your life, and you can actually take time to focus on yourself. I think that's what people are really jealous and envious of. I don't think people are getting jealous and envy if you have a 12 hour day of errands. I think if you're relaxing and at the spa or reading a book or going for a run, I think that's when people like, God, how do you do that? And it's like, because I choose to. So Mm -hmm. I will end it there. But um, how can women find you and work with you? All the things I know you yourself have your own podcast, which is called Self Transformed, which I love. It's redefining self care through simple fitness, nutrition and mindset hacks for busy mamas. But how else can people find you work with you all the things? Yeah. Well, Kayla, thanks for having me on this show. This has been super fun. Um, but yeah, everyone can find the self transform podcast wherever they listen to podcasts and you can find me on Instagram at Emily Nichols and all the links are there, the, the website, all the good stuff. I have a free healthy habit reset masterclass that anyone can take at any time or listen to my secret private podcast called atomic habits for women to learn a little bit more about why as women we have to do habits differently and how you can reset your habits in every season of your life. Love it. Healthy habits for all. Healthy habits for life. Those are my two favorite hashtags. 
<laughs> okay, Emily, thank you so much. I will link all the important links in the show notes. Love having you on. I love what you're doing. Anything to simplify, anything to where us women cannot have so much pressure on ourselves and learn to love ourselves. I'm all about it. So I'm so happy to have you on as a guest and I will be seeing you soon. Bye. Thank you. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.